And welcome, everybody, once again to the Humble and Fred email show Thursday. Actually recording it on Thursday, which is not our normal way of doing business, is it, Fred? No, it isn't, actually. No. Uh, But pleased to be here with everyone. And today, our program, as always, brought to you by... Well, the people at Architect. All right. The Retirement Sherpa, <laughs> uh, Chambers Plan, and the Bodog. As well as evnet.ca, airinventures.com, Stretch Lab Toronto, and our title sponsor, Palma Pasta, 38 years of delivering goodness around the GTA. And we'll tell you more about Palma Pasta later. Uh, but yesterday, on the uh, regular program, we had an uh, unprecedented amount, amount of uh, Zoom internet issues with one of our, uh, well, he is a, a sort of the, a legacy sponsor, if you will. And so we're taking the unprecedented step of inviting the retirement Sherpa onto our program even though we've never had a guest on this we are making that exception he's so valuable to our program am i right well i'm certainly honored i know that so uh thanks guys yeah just a little computer joys yesterday and we're all good today and our our uh, new puppy ally is off to doggy boot camp so we got some peace and quiet going on here for a change what does that mean boot camp uh she's just in a training thing uh for pretty well a month um i don't quite know what they do but they uh <laughs> interact with other dogs and uh teach her to listen and sit and all that stuff well that's very valuable because nothing is worse than you know an undisciplined dog yeah especially when they're beyond training um capabilities you know i was thinking when we were kids the three of us the dogs just ran wild on my street my street on Henry Street in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. There was just dogs everywhere doing anything with no adult supervision. Yeah, on my street growing up, there was a gentleman's agreement. You just picked up uh, your neighbor's dog poop because your dog would poop on their lawn and their dog would poop on your lawn. Yeah. And the idea of bending over and picking it up <laughs> in a plastic bag was absurd. Who would, what? Are you kidding me? I think... When did that become a thing? <laughs> I don't know, but I just was laughing at myself thinking about that phrase. Hey, hey, Dad, can we send our dog to doggy boot camp? I listen. I, I would do it. Oh man. Um, well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about something financial. Uh, yesterday, we were going to have Tim on talking about uh, alternative investments in your portfolio. Well, a couple of questions: What are they? What what's what do you define as that? And are they of value? Right. So uh, I thought I'm kind of surprised I haven't talked about these more over the years. Uh, I have in general. I'll I'll get more specifics in the weeks to come. But uh, I'm a big semantics guy, too, you know, and really, whenever we call these alternative investments, uh, I really think we should call them core investments because they've been used by the wealthy for a, a long time by pension plans, by endowment funds. And uh, so really to oversimplify it, it's, it's anything that, that isn't like the stock market or the bond market. Or if it's stock related, it might use some derivatives and, and all. And as I mentioned before, I mean, I started using these just by modeling what the Yale Endowment Fund does, what the Canada Pension Plan uh, does. 
So they would be ex- examples of alternative investments. So if you look at the Yale Endowment Fund portfolio page, they'll say that they allocate less to traditional U.S. equities and bonds and more to alternative investments like private equity. Mm-hmm. So that that's companies that aren't on the stock exchange. Venture capital, maybe a little Shark Tank kind of thing for, for people's reference. Uh, hedge funds and, and real estate. Now we do, of course, in a lot of cases, own real estate ourselves, but there's... Uh, like real estate investment trusts that are more rental properties without the joys of somebody waking you up at five in the morning because the roof is uh, is leaking. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you would, you would you would define uh, somebody with a, in their portfolio investing in a real estate um, type of investment that would be an alternative investment, meaning that it's not uh, on a, an exchange somewhere. It's just, but not an alternative. It does. When I first thought that, I thought you mean like alternative. Lifestyle stuff is that, you know, like investing in a nudist colony or a a camp somewhere. Yeah, Bud Light. We got a lot of money in Bud Bud Light there. Uh, So if if we go to the the CPP one, same kind of uh, framing, uh, public equities, again, normal stuff for people, but private equities, private debt, uh, infrastructure, the real estate, again, they mention. And and so most Canadians don't have this diverse a portfolio, uh, most of them, and, and 2022 specifically would have really, they would have paid the price, right? Because it was a bad year for equities, it was a bad year for debt. So properly use these alternative investments can definitely minimize your volatility, can, can smooth out the ride, could increase the uh, returns as well, and often do so it, it increases what's called a sharp ratio that's the level of reward you're getting for the amount of risk you're taking on within your portfolio uh let me ask this question um would a penny stock now i know you said outside of the stock market but would something like a penny stock be an alternative investment somebody calls you and said oh i heard about this and it's you know it's worth two cents right now let's do it would that be considered an alternative investment as well Sure, because it's not a, a real core, what would be right. called a core holding, right? The core would be more your blue chip uh, mm-hmm. stuff, the banks, of course, and, and so on. Um, but, you know, usually with two two cent stocks, uh, Fred, you just got to wait till they get to one cent and then buy some more of them. Uh, then. <laughs> and I know what Freddie's asking, like, uh, you know, it's sort of outside of the sort of main stream of investments. Uh, but interesting that you say that not a lot of people take advantage of this. Is it something that you recommend that to your clients? Yeah, it's it's something we've used with great success to our valued clients such as yourself, of course. But uh, yeah, it, it's more advisors are starting to wake up to it. Not enough. It's It's really curious when I discuss this with them. They'd rather in a lot of cases, just stick with what they know, right? But again, the Yale Endowment Fund, I don't know what it's got. It's got trillions, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Canada Pension Plan, one of the best uh, pension plans in the world, actually, over the last uh, 10 years. Their, their results, their record have been fantastic. And they, in the headlines, say that they use a lot of non-classic stock market stuff. And that's what most Canadians have solely in their portfolios. Well, always worth a conversation with the Sherpa. And as always, you know, let's say you have your own Sherpa and you're not uh, happy with them. Uh, Tim will uh, hap- will be will happily take a look at your portfolio uh, at no uh, 
charge or at no uh, obligation. Tim.nibblet or RaymondJames.ca. And uh, thank you. Thanks for uh, coming back today after yesterday's... Uh well, I appreciate the flexibility, and uh, just on the listeners' notes, uh, you know, things have ebbs and flows and all, and, and uh, well, you guys have been off a bit, I've been off a bit, uh, we've had three listeners reach out in the last couple of weeks for a second opinion, so exciting times. There you go. Uh, I was talking with a former Edge uh, uh, a colleague of Howard Nye's yesterday, and uh, he was saying how much he enjoys your segments. In fact, this is a brilliant voice artist, and he actually did an impression of you, and it was fantastic. Oh, really? I know <laughs> yes. who you're talking about. He can do an impression yeah. of the Sherps? Yeah. we got to get him on. we got to get that. <laughs> he says, I love that segment. He makes so much sense to me. Oh, That's yeah. fantastic. Well, there you go. That's Changing. awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Belated happy birthday, Sir Fred, and uh, have an awesome week, guys. Oh, thanks, Sir. Wait, it was your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, all right, Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca, and uh, always bringing some added value not only to uh, his clients, but to this program as well. Thanks, Timmy. Ba-da-da. You look well today. How are you? I'm fine. Yes. Yes, I ended up golfing yesterday. Um, I was a quick add-on and uh, at Caledon Golf Club, which is a lovely little golf course. Is it Caledon Woods or Caledon Golf Club? No, it's Caledon Golf Club or Caledon nice. Country Club or whatever. Uh, but it used to be somewhat exclusive, but they've opened it up to the public, and it's uh, it's a nice, pretty little course. See, I don't, I've never heard it's of it. It's not too long, you know? I've never heard. I'm playing a tournament a week from today at Caledon Woods, which is about... I don't know, north of you as well. I'm not 100% sure where it is, but I just know it's northwest of you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is not called Caledon Woods. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how did you play? Did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah, it was fantastic because it was a comfortable day. Yes, Uh, it was. This course, you pretty much got to use carts because it's up and down. Uh, So it was, yeah, it was a nice day. Excellent. Wonderful day. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Good shots, bad shots, you uh, know, in between shots, frustrations, um, acceleration. Did you continue to be a great putter? Uh, Yeah, uh, two yesterday, right from uh, like the fringe. Yeah. Seriously, you sank those putts? That a boy. Yes. And then a couple of short ones I missed. So, you know, typical. I went, I did not golf uh, to play golf yesterday, but I did practice yesterday. And uh, I went late in the afternoon because I had uh, Spencer came back from New York for one day. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's we're taping this on Thursday, so people will have heard at some point that there's a mm-hmm. SAG strike. The Screen Actors Guild are thinking about going on strike in solidarity with the writers' strike. Yeah. So Spencer came back last night after hanging out during the day here in Toronto. For you people who don't know, they're spending the summer in New York. And uh, just before they went to bed, she's like, well, I'm not sure if I'm working tomorrow. I said, why? Because you came back for this one day shoot. And they said, because they, if they go on strike tonight, I won't be working. And I, I guess the strike's been delayed at least a day. So Spencer's on a set somewhere. Yeah, oh. was I reading uh, yesterday? The last time this happened was like the early 1980. 60s. Oh, 1980. Yeah. Oh, OK. And what? Yeah. And Ronald Reagan became involved in that battle he had just become president i guess right the reason he got became in in, Mm -hmm. because he had been prior the president of the screen actors guild yeah so he stuck his nose in there and resolved it apparently so i did something i rarely get to do which is i went to the golf course late in the afternoon practiced for a couple hours uh 
and then just went on the course like in the evening when it got cool, like around 6.30. I just went on by myself and just found a couple of open holes and just played a couple of balls and just dicked around and I just loved it. I didn't get home. I didn't get here till I got home to tr- back to Toronto around 8.30, quarter to nine. It was just a great day. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. It was just really beautiful. Um, yes. All right. Well, let's uh, do what we came here to do. Uh, this is the uh, Thursday email show Hi now guys. brought to you by Palma Pasta. Everybody who enters is entered to win for the month of July a Palma Pasta gift certificate worth $100. And uh, we will award that. By the way, it's not based on merit. We've mentioned that. Mm-hmm. PalmaPasta.com, where you find out more about them. We're just going to put our everyone's name into a thing, and uh, we'll generate uh, that. So let's get started. Hi, guys. Uh, hi, guys. This is from Julie Fleming. Uh, she said, I would like to listen again to your episode after the Derringer firing, but I'm not sure when it happened. Would you happen to know what the date was? Sorry, sorry to bother you on a Sunday. This is when she uh, sent the email. Hope you're golfing and or tin palacing uh, um, and enjoying it. Thank you very much, uh, Julie. And uh, I would say that goes back to May of 2022, right? Yeah, when you- that broke. Did you not correspond with her? Because I, I thought there was a... Maybe I'm wrong. I thought you had reached maybe out to her. Maybe you did. Well, well, anyway, if anyone's looking for it, go to Spotify. And, and Fred's right. It's either late April or May. And just search, because mm-hmm. Fred labels all the shows. And I believe this one was labeled The Curious Case of John Derringer. Yes. And that, around that time, in yeah... You know, because it was an ongoing um, series. Yes, it really, really, really was. The very first one may not have that tag, so oh, okay. it's in around that date. You, so, yeah, but if you mm-hmm. if you search "Humble and Fred" on Spotify, yeah. John Derringer, you'll find it. Hi guys. Oh yeah, uh, Hi guys. this from uh, Mark Beranger. Beranger. Subject line, uh, Bob McCowan. Uh, Hi, guys. I've been listening to you in various incarnations, but regularly now since he who shall not be named, another reference to Voldemort, was outed. I really love the show. I had heard about Bob McCowan's stroke and thought I and though I was surprised, I wasn't shocked. I periodically watch Bob's YouTube channel and I remember remember seeing him mid-May and I thought he was slurring his speech. It was to the point that I thought he had been drinking a little, and I made a smart-ass remark in the comments. When I heard about the stroke, it was an aha moment. Given the news, I decided to remove the comment. I wonder if he had been having transient ischemic attack, or TIA. A good reminder that even if you have some of the symptoms of a stroke and it goes away, you should go to the hospital regardless. And then he gives... This thing called FAST, uh, F-A-S-T, and it's just all the signs of a stroke. Most people can go look those up. Anyway, he cl- uh, closes by saying, resting heart rate, 72, bowel movements, raunchy, and regular. Thanks again, Mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, first things first. Um, maybe when Bob's back on his feet and feeling well, we can have him on the show and ask him about that. Because I had talked to you about listening to the June 15th show, and there just seemed something just was wrong. Freddie, he's, he was different. way off. On, uh, yeah. I, in the first minute of listening to him talk, he was way off. 
So I would like to say, Bob, did you know, or when you're in that situation, maybe, you know what, you're trying to maybe deny it or something, whatever. Well, what guys are like, there's nothing wrong with me, you know? Well, if Mark is saying he's gone back to the May episodes, so this has been going on for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're probably right. Bob was probably like a lot of dudes going, well, you know, it's nothing really. But I, Mm -hmm. I, uh... The, you had told me about this on the show, and I was going to play it, but I went back after. This was Monday show, and I uh, listened to it, and it is, it's shocking how he, he, he's, he's slurring everything. Yeah, my buddy Doug had brought it to my attention, and I had forgotten all about it. He said, I was listening to Macau, and he sounded drunk or something. And yeah. I said, well... I don't know. And this was before, again, the news had broken. Uh, secondly, regarding bowel movements, um, I was reading yesterday a notable doctor in the United States, some gastronomic doctor, uh, talking about bowel movements, saying that people are hung up on this thing that you're supposed to have, uh, you know, at least a poop a day, maybe two. Some have three. I do sometimes. I, I have a couple of nice ones. Um, but they said No. <laughs> Three a week is fine. Is it really? Lot, yes, a lot of women apparently, um, you know, have less frequent bowel movements than men and get concerned that they're not going every day. And this guy said, you know, everybody should just relax. It depends on again your metabolism, your physical makeup. Well, that's good to know. Some people three a, three a week is fine. Uh, ever just since so you know, ever since you. Turn me on to the magic of the Metamucil. I'll do two sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and You'll do two during a show. <laughs> I did one the other afternoon. I was. It was just like a like it was like a magic. Mm-hmm. I wanted to call you. Do you believe in magic? Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, this is from uh, Randy Wood. And he uh, talks about Charlie Horse, uh, Charlie Horse leg cramps. Uh, You were saying that you suffer from this phenomenon uh, more often than you'd like to. Uh, And he says, Howard, like yourself, when I use my legs a lot, I also get cramps on the inside of my thighs. Extremely painful. After talking to my doctor and doing some research, I have found a way to prevent them. Then he goes on to give all sorts of remedies he said first he takes natural muscle relaxants every morning which can be purchased in any health food store and then goes on and on and talks about hydration and some of the other things so if you suffer you might want to look into this as well uh he also says i'm a longtime listener go back to when marsden was morning man at the spirit of radio no sorry never happened marsden was never the morning man there but anyway i followed all the morning announcers when you two two came along all hell broke loose you guys made my mornings sitting on the Don Valley. Uh, he says, I also remember Humble writing a book called The Slime That Men Do. Yes, we do. Right? Uh, Howard is an author. He's mm. a published author. <laughs> 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 yes, that was a best-selling Canadian uh, novel. Not a novel. Was it, was it, a, was it a bestseller? Yeah. Really? Well, well, because, not that it was a scam, but what happened was I got the Canadian, bre- it was, I gave the proceeds to the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation. And oh, so because right. of that, Heather uh, Reisman from Indigo and Chapters uh, put a run. The, the, so they did a run of 5,000 books, and she put it in every Indigo store in the country. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Although a bestseller in Canada is like, what, 24? 5,000. No, <laughs> no, 5, no, it's exactly 5,000. Hey, uh, Randy Wood, thank you very much. Uh, from Aurora, he says, I don't know my resting heart rate, and I'm too lazy 
to take it. Okay. Well, thank you, Randy. Hi, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a uh, from Dave Powery, who's a regular contributor. And um, it's about, he's attached a picture. It says, I've attached a picture just for Fred. Although I enjoyed it, too. It's a picture of Fat Trump sitting in a uh, croc shoe. And it says, there you have it, folks, an actual crock of shit, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, he says, um, I was listening today on Prime Day and was wondering if you guys have taken advantage of the Amazon subscription service. And he goes on to say all the things that they subscribe to. And I am aware of it. I haven't taken advantage of it. But, you know, you can just basically, because I'm not sure if I need everything in a regular fashion. But, you know, if you can replenish anything you use from paper towels, all that stuff. He finishes, Dave finishes by saying, resting heart rate, 84. It's a little high, Dave. Bowel movements, mostly regular, but sometimes explosive. I hope that was enough filler for you. Stay strong, Dave. 84? That's yeah, a bit high it's, for resting. It is. Oh, I thought, oh, okay. Because I had read anywhere between 60. It depends on your age, too. Anywhere between 60 and 100 is fine. So oh, okay. 80 would be sort of mid, mid-grade, um, but I don't. I remember when you and I were in Mexico and I was very concerned about my resting heart rate because it was high. Right. That one day you did your health gauge at the same time as me. It was pretty high, too. But we were up in the mountains, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because I check mine. I'm, I'm usually in the uh, 70s. Mine's only a little uh, lower because I'm on uh, these beta blockers. So mine's right, generally I, in the mid-60s. And then I do the math. Like, if I'm 73, I divide it by 60 to see how many, like... I would never want to be two beats for a minute. That's for sure. Okay. Like one and a quarter or <laughs> well, something's fine. Or and, and, per second, I mean, beats per second. Another reason mine's lower is because, you know, I'm chill. Who's next, Frederick? Uh, this is uh, Dan Noasod. Okay. All right. Noasod. And back to Bob McCowan. He says, hi, guys, from the beautiful Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. Right? Okay. I was shocked to learn of Bob McCowan's multiple strokes. He was a daily must-listen-to uh, must voice on the radio for me and countless others during his Fan 590 days. Freddie mentioned that he sounded off on his last podcast, June 15th. We were just talking about that, so I re-listened, and he definitely sounded way different. Bob is the GOAT for Sports Talk Radio in North America, and I sure hope he makes a full recovery. Please send my best wishes to the Bobcat and thank uh, the two of you uh, for entertaining entertaining me the past, in the present, and I'm sure in the future. Could you do me a favor right now? Because I've asked you this and I forgot to remind you. Can you just send me? Because I, I I don't I tried to send him a note and it was his well it was his home phone number for some reason. Okay. Can you just write write it down to, to text me later to give me Bob's info? Because I do want to yes, say Yes, I hi. can. Yes, I can. Um, okay. Yes, I can. Well, there. Uh, do you have anything to say about that? I think enough said. Uh, this guys. is from uh, Mike hi Parker. Guys. Hi, guys. Subject line, comedy gold. Hi, guys. Electrolytes on salads. All-star game mix-up. Korean roommate had me laughing out loud while barbecuing in the rain. Let me address the first. That was from Dan, because we were talking about leg cramps, and I was talking about how you're supposed to have a lot of electrolytes and take some salt and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Dan wondered if you can take if you can t- put electrolytes on salads, <laughs> which right. I'm still not sure what he was talking about. 
Yeah, I guess he wasn't quite sure on what form electrolytes can come in, and if right. you don't want to take them through, you know, a liquid beverage, could you, uh, you know, add it like salt and pepper or something? <laughs> I, guess. I don't know. Uh, the uh, All Star Game mix-ups was pretty funny. You know what I'm going to do? I, I uh, I've heard from not only you but several people asked me if I'd watch the home run derby. Derby, and I said, you know, Freddie was talking about it. And, you know, it's the kind of thing I think I would have liked. I just never think of watching it. Same with the uh, the little festivities that happen for the NBA All Star Game. There's always something kind of cool, and maybe I should check out the Home Run Derby next year. Could you put a note down for that as well? Yeah, you know, I, uh, again, I, I might be talking out of line here, but I do believe the Home Run Derby has bigger ratings than the actual All Star Game. Considering because, the number know, of people that mention it to me, I, I would agree with you. And. It, you know, it's somewhat like our the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Oh, is it? Yeah, cool. You know what I mean? It's 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 a novelty that people that don't want to sit through a full baseball game, the novelty of it, yeah, and the drama of it draws more people in. Very cool. And uh, I'm not going to have a Korean roommate, but it was very funny. Hi guys. Thank you, Mike. Hi, Hi guys. Who up next? Uh, this is uh, from our friend uh, Freddie Ball. It's about collect calls. We were talking about this. And uh, Fred says, earlier this week, you talked about communicating with family in the 70s and the exorbitant cost of a collect call. Uh, I think I made that point. He says, our friend group in Brampton uh, was obviously a bit more intelligent than your Scarborough crew, Fred. So he takes a shot at me, as he often does. Yeah. But then Relentless. he reminds me... And then he reminds me of something, yes, I used to do with my parents. He said, we would make the collect call, and our parents would refuse to accept the charges and hang up. Mission accomplished. They knew we were alive, and it didn't cost a nickel. So you cheated the phone company, which is fine. But he said that was a tip from the 70s, and I remember doing that, too. It's yeah, like you so your parents, let it ring once and hang up. So, yeah. Well, or, or do that, or say, would you accept a collect call, just so mm-hmm. they'd know that you were you know, not dead. Uh, As always, Fred Ball bringing some, uh, you know, different perspective, some wisdom to the program. We appreciate that, Freddie. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Up next is, uh, this is uh, Brian Martin said, at a bar, and uh, I hear Leo Sayer, but I start singing, you make me feel like cramping. I think I'm cramping, cramping the night away. Because of all the talk about leg cramps. And then, of course, I got to thinking. This was a guy, speaking of the 70s, that was huge when we were, well, at least I was in high school. You would have been finishing high school. And this is the song that Brian Martin is referring to. You make me feel like dancing. This is how he sang this guy. Does anyone sing like this now on the radio? No. You know, yesterday after our round of golf, we were sitting having beers and we got on the subject. Isn't it ironic how this happens about songs that sound dated and songs that don't? Songs that are timeless and uh, songs that are dated. Now, that would be an example of a dated song. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would be like it's just not from this era. And then there might be old songs um, that... uh, you know, I think we brought up a couple of Bruce Springsteen songs that, like, Born in the US, USA sounds a bit dated now, but some of his other songs don't. And uh, just, 
the quirkiness of that and how it works. Well, there's certain songs for sure that came like. Mm-hmm. I played this song. I was a top forty DJ for you people who don't know from like the early seven, the late seventies, I should say, till I started on FM radio in nineteen eighty one. So for four years, this is the stuff I played, and this sounds so of a time. Like this could not be a song now. Just the production sounds sort of dated. Leo Sayer. It's a good song though. Oh sure. Just close my oh sure. Eyes. That's what oh, my sure. dad always used to say. Oh sure. Who oh, said sure. that? My dad. Come on. Oh sure. Yeah. My dad used to say, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> um, our friend Jamie Watson. Um, yes. Who I saw yesterday. Uh, I forget where he was. I. Uh, I think. Maybe oh I forget what city he was in, but he went and saw Stevie Nicks and Billy Joel on the same ticket. He said it was like three to four hours. They both did wow. a complete show. But he was talking about how great Billy Joel was. And again, we brought that up about you know some you know that Fifty Second Street album. There's oh, yeah. some songs on that album that would stand up today. Like just and yet there's some Billy Joel stuff that sounds dated. You get the idea. Yeah, there's lots of stuff. Uh, this is the big hit off uh, off that album. This kind of sounds very sort of of a time, you know. But this was a huge, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a song off that album that sounds dated. Mm-hmm. This one, what Italian restaurant would could be a song today. Uh, I don't think that's on that one, or or what? Or that it was on maybe. Yeah. Uh, oh, the stranger, right? The stranger, right? Same Another thing. great album. Both those albums, yeah, yeah. This is 52nd Street, another great song off that album. Uh, but listen, we digress. We've got to get back mm-hmm. to the uh, reason we're here, Hi which guys. is emails. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. We call that a humble and Fred rabbit hole. Uh, so thank you, Brian Martin, for uh, that uh, last uh, thing. That's how it got started. Hi, guys. This is yours. All right. This one is Richard Bullis. Karens. Hi, guys. The whole Karen phenomenon. We were talking about this just yesterday, I believe. Yes. The whole Karen phenomenon is really interesting. Where, why, and how did it start and sustain? Regardless, we should all have a chat with the Karens in our lives who are not Karens. That's fair. I've actually thought about that. If your name's Karen and you're not like that, how yeah. do you feel? Yeah. Right? I guarantee an interesting conversation uh, from their point of view. I've done it with two friends of mine and with that given name. Much love, Humble and Fred. Gord bless, Rich Bullis. Good point, Richard. I've had that thought, a similar thought that if you're a Karen, how it's a tough time to be a Karen if you're not a Karen. And how did that get started? So I guess the very first uh, one of the first ones that went viral was a woman named Karen. And then all others that came after were just other Karens. Right. Have you finished all yours, by the way? Because I just have no. one more. Do you have one more? Yes, I have one more. Maybe two, depending on the last one that you're going to read. Because well, the- I, I went down and picked one up just in case you didn't, because I thought it was funny. Is it the Lee Aaron one? Oh, we already read that one, though. Today? Right? You read it yesterday. Oh, okay. Oh, so we're not going to. Okay. Right. I, I would have read it too, but we had already done it on the show yesterday because I thought it was oh, okay. funny. Right on. Right. Uh, this last one, this is the first time this has happened. I'm doing it on purpose, people. Uh, it's from the same guy that I just Hi read. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says, I, this is Brian Martin, the guy with the leg cramp guy. I probably could have just coupled them together. 
Hi, guys. I'd like to wish Fred a happy birthday. I wanted to, too, but I forgot what day it was. Also wanted to mention, as Howard recently pointed out, Fred has been on a roll, taking his humorous comments to another level. Oh, yeah. Keep it up, boys. Thanks. And I was trying to think of it. First of all, I was trying to think of two things. When I pointed that out and what what I could maybe think of that you said this week that it were your humorous comments to a different level. And all I could think of is when you did uh, the rabbit joke or ribbit joke. What do you call a... Uh, Rub it. What do you call <laughs> do you, a horny toad? Yeah, what do you call a horny, horny toad? I'm like, yeah, that's some next level comedy. What do you call a horny toad, Fred said to me? What is, no, what does a horny toad say? Rub it. Yeah. Rub it. Rub it. Yeah. Rub it. So thank you, Brian. Hey, I didn't... And by the way, that's a joke from when I was a kid. Of course I didn't I know. coin that. I didn't come I up with that on the spot. As hard as that is to believe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, I'll tell you what. I've got one more if, I, if, if you want. Do you want to do one more? Sure. All right, you do one more. Uh, only because, again, uh, just to make Hi a point guys. through the... Through the email. Yeah, do it. Make a point. Make a point. Uh, this is... Uh, Subject matter, Fred should try this uh, Try this 407 hack. Anyway, uh, Stephen Lewis says, uh, my son is a Durham Regional Policeman stationed in Bowmanville. And to quickly, to, he looked at this uh, car going by, and it was a BMW, and he thought the license plate looked odd, so he stopped and found out that this woman actually had this... It was this thing that falsely covers your um, license plate, and it looks like another license plate. You just can peel it on and off. And obviously, it had a fake license plate to dupe or to um, fool the cameras on the 407. And at first, she said something, oh, my husband must be playing a joke on me. And then she confessed to this young officer that, no, she has to go to London uh, once or twice a week to see her grandkids. And she's tired of paying for the 407. So rather than take the 401, she decides to come up with this. You know, there's a lot of black market or underground 407 um, uh, products. Anyway, it turns out that the fine is like just $300, right? So she doesn't want to pay a 407, but she's driving a Mercedes, which is funny in itself. Yes, I saw it. Then it turns out that the fine is like $300 for doing that. And the point that Stephen Lewis uh, makes through his... um, police officer's son is she's probably still way ahead right like pay 300 once in a while (laughs) but over the long run you're probably stealing thousands of dollars of kilometers off and the chances of being caught are so low i mean i mean i think i I would think because what what was it about that license plate and again i've seen the picture Mm -hmm. it looks so real what was it about that plate that tweaked his son i would i'd like to steven to respond and what was it about? Did it look obviously like a fake? Is it with the picture he sent us looked pretty real? Yes, I'm, it may have been a, just a bit off kilter or something. But you and you just have to wonder, police officers on the four hundred seven. Um, when you're on the four on the four hundred one, you don't have to really look closely at license plates. You just wonder if that's part of the ma- mandate on the four hundred seven, because especially the private side of the four hundred seven, there's you know. Um, an agreement with the OPP to patrol it. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the mandate? Keep your eye on license sure. plates? Because this is pretty... There's a lot of license plate covers, too, that have a certain tint or tone to them that prevents the camera from taking the pictures as well. But if yeah, if you only get caught once a year, 300 bucks to drive it for free, considering how many kilometers she's on it for, 
<laughs> and you know, I kid, Howard, but I, I again, it comes kid. back to this. You know why? You know why shouldn't I pay? Like, I mean, it's a great convenience that highway. Like, that's she's not being fair to all of us that do pay. You know, like why should you drive that for free? Piss off! But well, and don't if you don't want to pay, don't drive it. Exactly, like our friend Dan Durant. Yeah, uh, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's when until it's convenient, it <laughs> unless it's convenient for him. You know, it's like uh, you know, it's like stealing anything. Uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great it's a great scheme, but it is uh, stealing. Um, I don't need to read this last one. It's actually, you know what? It's it's about Dan Duran, so I'll do it really quickly. It's about Dan from our friend Amy Zimmer, and Amy is uh, pretty new to the program. Started listening to us because of the Voldemort show. And this came in uh, while we were gone. Hi guys, she said, missing you this week, but from my uh, but my frown was quickly turned upside down when suddenly out of nowhere heard the dulcet tones of a familiar voice. Wait a second. I know that voice, I thought. It's Dan Duran. I run downstairs to see my husband and oldest son watching an episode of The Boys, which is on Prime. I think it's season one, but not sure anywhere. There then then Dan appeared on the screen. A very dapper news a very dapper looking newsman. Sigh. Now I have my fix until you all return. Thank you, Dan. And we say thank you, Amy Z. And everyone else that emailed us, Humble and Fred, at humbleandfredradio.com. Very good. Very good. And um, thank you for your contribution. Thank you, everybody. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta sauces uh, and prepared take-home entrees. Just heat and eat. I have a lasagna in the freezer. I might eat that. Mama's pa- Mama Palma's recipes, nothing but the finest ingredients sourced from Italy, using Italian cheese to flour and Italian tomatoes. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga, and of course the signature store, Palma's Kitchen. And if you can't make it there, you can order online. At palmapasta.com. Palma Pasta, Fred. Italian tradition. Simply delicious. Oh, so good. And this episode also brought to us by... Hey, the retirement Sherpa who is on the show today. As you heard off the top. Architect, Bodog, and the Chambers Plan. EVNet.ca. AaronVentures.com. StretchLabToronto.com. And, of course, Sweet Anthony at Palma Pasta. Have a great long weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?